ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Welcome in to the Monday, July 26th edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We got a lot to get into. I don't know where to begin. We can talk, of course, about Marshall. We can talk, of course, about Texas. We can talk about... Oklahoma. We can talk about all three. We might get into the Olympics, but wow. We're off the air a few days over the weekend, and things are just completely going crazy continuously. And we got a lot to get into today as far as what Texas and Oklahoma are doing, what the Big 12, maybe soon to be the Big 8, what they're doing. What other conferences are doing? Where's Conference USA in all of this? That's my big question. Where's Conference USA? It's Conference USA coming out, releasing statements that it as a league is going to be proactive. It it is going to assess the media landscape, the landscape, maybe look for potential teams. Is it coming out with its mission statement? I haven't heard a thing. The Mountain West came out with something today, though. Seriously, the Mountain West of all of all leagues. Remember, remember the Mountain West. Here's what the Mountain West came out with today. This is Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson. The Mountain West immediately engaged when we became aware of the potential for conference realignment. That has included gathering information over the past few days from across the industry. And earlier today, our board of directors and directors of athletics convened to evaluate that intelligent and, I'm sorry, intelligence, I'm sorry, to evaluate that intelligence and discuss next steps. Our intent is to actively appraise various scenarios, identify potential opportunities, and take action which can positively impact the trajectory of the conference and our member institutions. We will do our work confidently and only comment further as appropriate or necessary. This is Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson. So when does Conference USA come out with a well-thought-out statement going to reevaluate the landscape? try to be proactive. I don't think Conference USA is in the position to be proactive right now. To tell you the truth, I don't think if you're a member of Conference USA, you're sitting waiting. You can't do anything. You don't have the options. If you're in the American right now, that league is looking to be a little bit more proactive. Maybe hold its ground and maybe poach a little bit from the Big 12. The Mountain West, it could start poaching a little bit. Could you see maybe some of the remaining Big 12 members start to pull away and get into the Mountain West, maybe strengthen the Mountain West, reunite some schools? Could you see the Pac-12? And here's the question, and we're going to get into all of this with Texas and Oklahoma, what they're thinking about. Which conference strikes first? Which conference reaches out and plucks first? Or does the Big 12 start to become more aggressive? 
because we've talked about maybe, okay, Houston and Cincinnati, maybe Houston and Cincinnati are, they're not going to replace Texas and Oklahoma. It's not going to, it's just not. But if you're trying to fill out your conference, Houston's a solid addition. Cincinnati would be a solid addition. And I think Cincinnati would be a good travel partner for West Virginia. It would also be a, a school that you could form a little bit more of a regional rivalry back with. Heck, Bob Huggins has history with the city of Cincinnati. It would be fun. Or do you see other conferences start to cherry pick? And where does that leave some schools? Does West Virginia finally get that long sought after invitation to the ACC? Does Notre Dame finally sit down and go, you know what? We could probably make as much, if not more, money being a member of a conference. And of course, Notre Dame is a completely different beast. Notre Dame likes being America's team, the team that can go out and play anyone it wants. It, it, it's obligated to a, a few ACC games as part of its associate membership, but Notre Dame likes being Notre Dame. So maybe that's out. Okay, that's fine. Notre Dame will continue to be Notre Dame. But where do some of these teams go? Does the Big 12 try to be that proactive? Okay, we're going to maybe try to strengthen, or we're just going to we're going to roll with the teams we have, and we've got Baylor, we've got some other good teams here. We got Oklahoma State, we got West Virginia, we got some really good teams here. Let's just make this thing the best we possibly can, and maybe attract a few other teams. It's where the money's at right now, and you see the Mountain West jumping out, saying, "Look." There might be some opportunity for us here. We're going to look at this thing. So does the Mountain West start looking and saying, look, you know, when this thing implodes, we might be a landing spot for you. Or does the Pac-12 start picking a little bit more away from the Big 12? Or does the Big 12 say, look, we're still better, stronger than you in regards to where we're at, what our media deal is and everything, if we can bring you over here to the Pac-12's most coveted part of the Midwest, the Big 12 landscape, we can bring you over here, maybe be better for you. I mean, do you make that pitch? Do you grab a couple of schools? All of a sudden, the Pac-12's kind of looking all by itself. I mean, seriously, from a, a status point of view, I don't know if the Pac-12 is all that much better if it is right now better than the Big 12. The money, definitely not there. The Pac-12 network's really not that big of a thing here. Do you bring some of your institutions more westward if you're the Big 12 and try to work that out, work that schedule out, play some of those teams, cherry pick them, or does the Pac-12 maybe take some of the carcasses of the Big 12 and bring those teams, those institutions over? Like I said, the Mountain West jumping right in here today and saying, look, we're going to look at this thing as well. And the American, maybe the American is eyeing a couple of teams. Maybe you're going to see a power four situation. And so you're trying to ensure that you're not in the group of six. 
You're trying to make sure you're not in the group of six. You're instead in the power structure because you're going to have four super conferences when it's all said and done. You're going to have the Big Ten. You're going to have the SEC. You're going to have the ACC. And more than likely, you're going to have the Pac-12. Those are going to be your four super conferences. The Big 12, unless the Big 12 starts making some maneuvers really quick. But it's all about money. It's not about anything else because Oklahoma Oklahoma would be well off in a current playoff scenario. We're talking about the new proposed playoff scenario. In a current situation here with the new proposed playoff scenario, you've got six spots, six conference winners getting six at large. I mean, they're not bids in the sense that, okay, we're going to give one to the Big 12, we're going to give one to the Big 10. No. I mean, they're locked. You get in. It's not like you didn't win your conference championship, but you you also got in. It's okay. Big 12 probably more than likely was getting a team in every year. And Oklahoma? Oklahoma probably would have been a shoe-in most years. But instead, now you're looking at a situation where they're going to move to a tougher, densely packed, competitive SEC. Let's be honest. If I'm in the SEC right now, how much more money is it going to make me as a member to add these two programs, add these two schools in? I mean, how much more money? How much? Because all of a sudden, you're kind of knocking yourself down the list a little bit. Is Kentucky really in on this? Would Kentucky go, yeah, we want to add another team or two to the conference list that's going to knock us down here in the football hierarchy? When Kentucky all of a sudden is becoming more and more of a competent, competitive football program, it's money. Someone somewhere has done the numbers and said that this is going to be the best way to go. Because I don't see where this makes sense other than money, power, and of course, with the power schools, power conferences, baby, I mean, really, I think they're just collecting their power now. I think they're consolidating power. NCAA doesn't run football. It has really no say just about in football, the way it does in all the other sports. So that could be a lot of this. But that was one thing. I saw that come out. The Mountain West saying, look, we're going to jump in on this. I don't know if that's just posturing still. Here it is. Mountain West is going to be aggressive. You're going to see the American become aggressive. I mean, what happens next? I mean, the Mac's going to be the Mac. If you're in the Mac now, you're in the Mac tomorrow. If you're in the Mac tomorrow, you're in the Mac a month from now. If you're in the Mac, you're in the Mac. None of that's happening. The Mac is the Mac is the Mac. But if you're the American, you're either going to try to fend off being cherry-picked. If you are the Big 12, you're going to try to fend off being cherry-picked. If you're the Pac-12, you're going to fend off being cherry I mean, maybe the ACC starts getting cherry-picked here. I don't know. Maybe you get a reshifting of the guard there. It's, it's hard to say. We'll talk about what Oklahoma and Texas did today and how Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesbleet responded later on. Uh, more preseason watch list honors coming the Thundering Herd's way. We'll get into that, and we'll get your phone calls in. 
at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. we got more coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. So it's official of sorts, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma putting out the notification today. Not going to be renewing the grant of rates that they give up for media that expires in 2025. Welcome back to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So it looks like the... Move is on. We don't know just yet how this is all going to shake out, but it was a joint statement today, and Texas and Oklahoma making it known that these rights not going to be renewed by the universities, that the universities in the statement indicated that going to honor their existing grant of right agreements. And of course, you know, they're lawyering up right now. The lawyers are coming out. Trust me, the lawyers will get involved. But the statement goes on. Both universities are going to continue to monitor the rapidly evolving collegiate athletics landscape as they consider how best to position their athletic programs for the future. Meaning, yeah, we'll just ride this out. We're going to see what happens here, but we're, we're out. We are out. And, of course, they're probably timing this with the fact that this thing comes up here in a few years. Also, just as an aside here, the Big 12, Big 12 is not going to be as lucrative as it once was. If it's missing Texas and Oklahoma, if it's missing those institutions, guess what? Do you think the media partners are going to pay You think that's just more money going in the pockets of these schools? No, they're not going to pay for loss of value. The value goes down. The contract value goes down. So now everyone's in limbo here. Everyone involved. Programs are involved. Administrators are involved. Everybody involved here in limbo. So Bob Bowlesby, he replies, Although our eight members are disappointed with the decisions of these two institutions, We recognize that intercollegiate athletics is experiencing rapid change and will most likely look much different in 2025 than it does currently. He also said that the Big 12 Conference will continue to support our member institutions' efforts to graduate student-athletes and compete for Big 12 and NCAA championships. Like many others, we will use the next four years to fully assess what the landscape will look like in 2025 and beyond. The remaining eight institutions will work together in a collaborative manner to thoughtfully and strategically position the Big 12 Conference for continued success, both athletically and academically, long into the future. Again, this is where the lawyers will probably jump in. Because now, offers have got to be made. Landing spots have got to be discovered, found, SEC. And... All of this is, I think it's just positioning at this point now. So Texas, Oklahoma, making it clear. And now the league is sitting here wondering, okay, what do we do now? What do we do now? And so 
where does that put the members of the Big 12 that are not Texas and Oklahoma? Where does that put West Virginia? Where does that put Iowa State? Where does that put Baylor? Where does that put Oklahoma State? Where does that put TCU, Texas Tech? Where does that put Kansas and Kansas State? Where does that put these? I don't know if you can answer that today. The best thing to say is nobody knows. And if you think you know, you don't. But nobody knows right now. Does Kansas go to the Big Ten? Does the Big Ten say, look, you know what? We'll, we'll, we're going to take a hit on the football because you guys bring a lot to basketball. We're going to take that football hit. And maybe it takes the Big Ten for Kansas to... Okay, let's not get too far. But still, does the Mountain West start cherry-picking here? Seriously, does the Mountain West... Think about it. Does the Mountain West see this as an opportunity to start cherry-picking? Will teams in the Big 12 see their situation deteriorate or will the Big 12 kind of hang on and say look we we can we can do this okay so here's what the Mountain West looks like right now Air Force Boise State Colorado State Fresno State Hawaii for football Nevada New Mexico San Diego State San Jose State UNLV, Utah State, and Wyoming. Does TCU look appealing to the Mountain West right now? Hey, look, TCU, come on. You've done this before. Come on. Does Texas Tech roll into... Okay, let's be honest. Let's be honest right now. If I'm a school in the Big 12... I don't know what the appeal is at the moment. As things currently stand of the Mountain West, what's the appeal? Because, again, if you're the Big 12, you're going to try to fill in the blanks and build up your other programs to be contenders while filling in the blanks. Because you're not going to replace Texas. You're not going to replace Oklahoma. You're not. Because there's not a program out there. There's not one you can grab unless you do some serious cherry picking. And I don't see that happen. I don't see the Big 12 being able to poach right now. And again, the ACC might start come a calling. Because really, ACC, if the ACC wanted to poach from the Big 12, what's the school that makes the most sense? It's West Virginia. You've got natural rivals there. You've got geography on West Virginia's side. Does television markets mean anything anymore? Eh, not really. Okay. Does online streaming mean a lot to these content providers? ESPN. Yes. And that's where we run into a problem with West Virginia. Broadband is not a thing in massive numbers in the state of West Virginia. And we already have seen a lot of fear over a lot of WVU games. Not as much, but some WVU games on ESPN Plus and on digital platforms. The infrastructure is just not here in the state of West Virginia. 
Same arguments we've had for years with Marshall. Hey, look, games on Facebook. Oh, great. Yay. On Stadium. Okay, yeah, you can get that over the air locally to a degree. But at the end of the day, it's not about TV market. Okay, so is there anything here? Does the ACC look at this and go, okay, here's um, here's our opportunity? I'm sure the ACC is still going to be courting Notre Dame. And so where does the Big Ten go? Does the Big Ten go, okay, let's see what we got here. Uh, there's Kansas. Yeah, football's not that. But you know what? Kansas really, that basketball's looking pretty good. Does Iowa State look appealing to the Big Ten? I mean, does Texas Tech look appealing to the Big Ten? Does the Big Ten go, you know what? Hey, there's there's Oklahoma State sitting right there. Look, hey, we like you. We like you better than Oklahoma. Come on over. Oklahoma State, come on. You're in the Big Ten now. And bring Kansas with you. And maybe, maybe Iowa State. I, I don't know. But if a couple more of these schools go, this thing starts to fall apart. Because right now, what are your anchors in this league? What are your anchors? The most obvious is Baylor. Baylor is your anchor. Baylor, of course, winning a national championship in basketball. Kansas is a basketball anchor. I think Oklahoma State, maybe. West Virginia has a rabid, passionate fan base. Is it a national fan base? And that's the big question there. That's a question we got to ask ourselves. we got to ask. I mean, Texas Tech, is it a national brand? Is TCU a national brand? Is Kansas State a national brand? National brand here is Kansas, Baylor to a degree. Where do you replace Oklahoma and Texas out of this group? Which team steps up? I think Baylor has an opportunity here. I think Oklahoma State has an opportunity here. Kansas still doing its thing in basketball. So now, where does the American come into this? Does the American come calling and cherry-picking a little bit? And which school makes the most sense for the American? Honestly, I think the thing that makes the most sense here is that the Pac-12 sees this as the big opportunity to come in and let's just say the Pac-12 takes Baylor, would you say Oklahoma State, would you say TCU maybe, would you say Texas Tech, probably not Kansas State, Kansas probably. Where would the Pac-12 go? What attracts the Pac-12? And maybe the Big Ten comes in and says, look, we'd like, we'd like to take Kansas off the board. And maybe the Big Ten says, look, you know what? We kind of like that Iowa thing, that Iowa State thing. We like that. So we don't know. That's, that's going to be the, the big question here. What's going to drive this? What are your thoughts on this? That's my that's my next question to you is what makes the most sense? If you are a Marshall fan, where do you see this trickling down? At this point, I don't know if 
the American gets poached. Because if the American gets poached, then here are the conversations. Oh, Marshall. If the American doesn't get poached and does the poaching instead, where does that lead some of these other conferences? We'll talk about that and a, um, another watch list coming out today. Another Marshall player being named to a watch list. We'll get into that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Monday, July 26th edition. The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Marshall defensive back Stephen Gilmore named to the Jim Thorpe Award preseason watch list. That comes out of the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame and the Jim Thorpe Association. That came out today. If you're not familiar with the award, the list includes 40 of the nation's best defensive backs. Right now, this list has almost a wide representation. Ten conferences, one independent on this list. It is selected by a screening committee. You have up to 50 players on this thing. It's not a final list, and you can be added to it. You can be taken off of it. So just because you're there doesn't mean you're on there for the duration. you got to justify why you're on that list. And so Stephen Gilmore added to this list. Well, what's he done to make people take notice? Well, started all 10 games for Marshall last season. One or earned first-team all-conference USA honors. Stats right now look pretty good. 39 tackles, one-and-a-half tackles for loss, one-and-a-half sacks, had interception, had a couple of forced fumbles. And he got honorable mention All-American honors from Phil Steele. And, of course, a lot of people regard his book as the Bible of college sports. So that's a big deal. And... This is, again, good to see that you got players receiving recognition from Marshall. That means players are being noticed, that program is being noticed, people are noticing what is happening. And with a guy who, I'm telling you, he's winning social media. I don't know if he's going to win a single game at Marshall, but he's going to win social media right now at least. And he's getting the word out about Marshall football, at least on social media. So if you even follow Charles Huff, if you cover college athletics and you you, you keep an eye on Charles Huff, I mean, he's going to blow your senses away because he's all he's on there constantly. I haven't even checked what he's doing. What's he doing today? I haven't checked in a few hours. I haven't seen what Coach Huff is doing. Uh, you know, we're going to take my my radio career and put it in my hands right here. Let's see what he's – this could go somewhere. This could go nowhere. Okay. Uh, what's he doing? Uh, okay, he, uh, he retweeted the Conference USA. That was, that was seven hours ago. He retweeted Marshall Football six hours ago. I'm going to check on him. i got to see if he's okay. i got to check in on him, see if he's okay. I mean, he hasn't tweeted in hours. You get my point. The guy tweets all the time. He hasn't... He hasn't tweeted in hours. I'm, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little worried about him right now. So congratulations to Stephen Gilmore. Definitely a, a well-earned honor. 
and he is um, in a position to um, really make some noise this year for the Thundering Herd. And, of course, with all of what's happening in college athletics right now, it's hard to get any oxygen for anything that isn't conference realignment. And we talked earlier about Oklahoma, Texas, starting the process, getting out. Don't want to be there anymore. It's all about money. Well, trying to figure out where some of these big 12 schools end up, we mentioned the Big Ten as a possible landing spot. And I threw out Kansas and Iowa State, Oklahoma State, a few names. But Yahoo narrowed it down for me. According to Yahoo Sports, Iowa State, that's coming up. That's coming up as well as uh, possibly Kansas. So Iowa State would fit because you get Iowa in there. I don't know if Kansas... They bring basketball. I know that. I don't know if travel is really an issue anymore, to be fair. I don't think that the geography... It We saw it last time. The geography really didn't mean a, a thing. It didn't really impact anything, and, and I don't think it's going to impact anything now. As far as where this is all going to end up, I don't know if... You're going to see conferences just grabbing teams for content only and for let's get this team in before we lose another team to another conference. That's my guess. We'll break it down further when we continue. Night in sports, we got baseball. The Olympics, of course, are going on right now. If you're if you're keeping up with that, you're better than I am right now. And guess what? Training camp's about to begin for the Bengals. How's Joe Burrow doing? We'll talk about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. You know, with all this college football action happening, and we haven't even played it down yet, NFL's getting ready to ramp up again. The Bengals training camp's about ready to open. How's my guy, Joe Burrow? What's he going to be doing? What's he going to look like? Well, he's going to be there. He's going to be on the field first day of training camp, but um, he's not going to be involved in any game action. That's a smart, wise maneuver by the Cincinnati Bengals. Ben Baby, ESPN's Ben Baby, reporting Mike Brown saying, we probably aren't going to put him out there until we get to the season because we don't want to risk anything with him. Again, that's Bengals owner and president Mike Brown. This is according to ESPN's Ben Baby. Brown added, but his efforts rehabbing were A+. Okay, let me let me get this straight. We don't want to risk anything with him. I hope that's the new philosophy because you risked everything with him because he was getting sacked every single play, it felt like. 
I know I'm exaggerating, but it felt like every time I, I looked and watched the Bengals game, Burrow was on the ground or running for his life here. That's not how you protect your star quarterback, your transformative quarterback, the quarterback of the future. That's not how you handle that. You don't want to risk anything with him. Make sure the horses up front can run. Joe Burrow not going to be involved. So that means uh, preseason exhibition games not going to be really an interesting thing here for a lot of people, as if they were anyway. But still, uh, it might be interesting to, to see what preseason games look like. But smart to not put Burrow out there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk a single thing with him until I had to put him out there. I'd give him all the time in the world, and I want to make sure my line can hold up too. I would want that. I'd almost ask other teams, hey, do us a favor. Blitz us every time. Do something. We need to stress test that thing. Please, do us a favor. Do us a solid. Baseball action tonight. Pirates are off, but we've got several games in the National League, including the Reds at Cubs. That's going to be on Bally Sports Ohio, 8 o'clock tonight. Atlanta taking on the Mets. Bally Sports South. Washington at Philadelphia and Atlanta at the Mets as well in the earlier game, 5 o'clock. So we've got a doubleheader, 5 and 7.30-ish. That's the uh, game plan it looks like tonight here. National League action, pretty much uh, keeping an eye on the Reds and Cubs tonight. Again, that's on Bally Sports Ohio. Welcome back to the July 26th edition on this Monday. Paul Swan, your host for The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're on, what, day three of the Olympics right now? You've been keeping an eye on this thing? I watched the draft this weekend. The NBA draft's coming up this week. I watched on Saturday uh, a little bit of the NHL draft. Not as much. Just maybe I glanced in on it, checked in on a little bit. It was the first day of the draft that I was really excited for, the NHL draft is a little different than, say, the NBA draft. There's a lot more. Now, of course, pandemic is still a thing, especially for franchises in Canada. The pandemic has got things locked down. So there wasn't an in-person draft again. Now, the draft is really different in the NHL in comparison to the NFL, the NFL, it's just a beast. It's become a stadium show almost. The NHL draft's more like an arena show. And, of course, with the NBA draft, I like the NBA draft. You get to the point. I like I like how the NFL and the NBA handle the draft. Commissioner comes up, announces the pick, announces the player, and then we get back to waiting for the next pick. And, of course, You've got one primary TV partner, now two for the NFL, but you've got one primary TV partner, so this is a made-for-TV event, and it's ESPN. With the NHL draft, you sort of had like a combination of ESPN and Sportsnet and the NHL studios. So you got the two organizations, the two companies that have the media rights kind of playing nice with each other, working together, and you're in the NHL studios, you have some of the NHL sideline reporters. You have some of the ESPN talent. 
have some of the Sportsnet talent. You're spreading it out a little bit. I thought, okay, that that makes sense. I like that. So instead of the two networks competing with each other, just pool resources since you're both partnered with the NHL. And that was good. I like that. But I'm not a big fan of how long it takes to go through the first round. It just dragged on. It's not it's not a made-for-TV event. It needs to be, but it's not a made-for-TV event. Commissioner comes up, reads some cue cards. They really... It could be a little crisper. It could be a little tighter. Here's the commissioner. All right, with the fifth pick. No, instead, the commissioner's got to read something and, and hand it off. Okay, let's... Let's bring in the person that's picking for the team. So the teams get to come up and pick. And on a normal year, this is usually in an arena. On a normal year, you have like 7, 8, 15. You'd have like the whole organization, the front office, just come up and I don't want to say bum rush the stage, but they would hold up on there like they took over. they take over. The st- each team would just come up and take over. And just pontificate for a minute and expand on why they're making this pick and this is a great kid and and no just tell me the pick so it's kind of surreal though ESPN had it Uh, that means it's actually a sport again for a lot of people because ESPN has it but it's my least favorite it's the draft I'll watch the most and it's my least favorite draft at least for the NBA commissioner comes up makes the pick we're good Roger Goodell, NFL, comes up, makes the pick. We're good. I mean, he might bring someone in. And it's real quick, though, again, because it's like lightning fast. It's TV. We're making money here. Get the pick in so we can have the talking heads talk, then we can throw it to the commercial, and then we can come back and do it again. Come on. Get with the program here. With that said, though, that was fun. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that. That was fun on a Friday night, Saturday. Not so much because at that point, and this isn't like the NFL draft. That's a di- hockey draft reminds me more of like a baseball draft to a degree. You got prospects. NFL draft, this is we're drafting higher rounds more so, but this is come ready to play. Come to make the team. We're picking you up and we expect you to make the team. If we sign you, you better be ready to go. And that's what the NFL draft's about. NBA draft. For the most part, it's, okay, come ready to play. For the most part. Not as much as the NFL. Baseball, you're drafting prospects. Some can maybe make the leap already. You're drafting prospects. With the NHL draft, you can be drafting prospects. You can be drafting rights to players that might not even be eligible to get in the league for a couple years due to some obligations in international play. It's still a fun, surreal thing for me to watch. But with that said, I do think the NHL could learn a little lesson or two from the NBA and the NFL as far as just the I mean, make make the draft interesting. If I mean, it's the draft. I get it. And of course, if unless you're a hockey fan, you really don't know who these kids are. And I'm a Rangers fan. Let me tell you right now, watching Twitter blow up. With every GM out there that knows how to run a team, and of course, I mean just Twitter users, I thought 
I thought her Twitter was harsh. Wow. No. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're going to be back at it tomorrow once again. We'll see you then.